Oh, and if you if you've got a Christian um like knitting circle, they don't want to hear about your OnlyFans. Exactly. Activate your energy. Welcome to the Activated Authors Podcast, a show where we distill the core principles of what it takes to become a happy, healthy, and productive author, no matter what stage of the journey you're at. I'm your host, Daniel Wilcox. I'm an international best-selling author, as well as an author coach, speaker, and creative entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student of all things productivity, psychology, and human behavior. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. What is up, Activators? And welcome back to another episode of the Activated Authors Podcast with myself, Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every week... It's me, Sam Frost. Hello. What's the oh, problem, Sam? <laughs> you can't make me pee. Please stop it. Just for anyone that is not watching and is only listening, Dan does this. He does this thing when we're on Zoom. Most of, like, a good twenty percent of meetings are taken up by him doing this is he flips um his screen upside down and then makes it look like he's hanging from the ceiling and it doesn't sound funny but he does it so well and it's so convincing so there we go that's why i was just um clenching hard to not pee yeah 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 <laughs> so hello many... how are so... you i'm i'm good i'm I'm not good. <laughs> I just went into default British, like, yes, everything is fine. How are you? Yes. Wonderful. Yep. How are the kids? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I am. <laughs> I'm very much in a I'm in an okay mood, but this week has basically just been a blur for me for many reasons. Um but doing stuff, making things happen, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally where i am right now like mm-hmm. it's not like i don't feel it in a negative way i don't feel it in a positive way it just mm-hmm. is it's called disassociation minute. it's called disassociation i've got um quite an important appointment on monday that i am gearing up for so that's taking a lot of my emotional energy on top of other stuff as well i did i, I woke up yesterday i don't know like if it's just uh, the stress from the situation or exhaustion or whatnot, but I did spend most of yesterday just in bed because I was just tired, man. I was just tired. Yeah. I'm like, very proud of you for taking yesterday off. Yeah, yeah. Do what you gotta do. How are you? Um, Lucky to be here. <sighs> Not to poke. <laughs> Dan's now got such an ego that he uh, thinks that I'm lucky to be on the podcast with so, him. No. Stop <laughs> bum fuzzling people and get to the point. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm okay. This I was just thinking this the other day. In the past couple of weeks, I have lost a friend. I have fallen down the stairs and like cracked my melon. And today, on the way back from taking my son for a blood test, an elderly man, not looking what he was doing, walked in front of the bus, and thankfully the bus driver braked in time. But like biddies went flying, an old woman smashed her head into a pole, and um, I think I've only got half of a left kneecap now. Uh, it's, it's it's a weird time. Weird I'll, I'll, weird I'll say something things. that's never actually that comforting, but that everyone says bad things comes in threes. 
Uh, well, yeah, fine. If those were the only three things, they're just the highlight reel. Well, what they don't you know say what I mean? is that multiples of three count. So it could be three, oh, good. it could be nine, it could be 99. could be 300. Excellent. But as we were saying just before we started recording, the universe has gifted unto thee as well today. So. Oh, so today has been my day, apart from almost dying in a bus crash, uh, <laughs> on Pokemon Go. Because yep. I got a shiny Squiggler. I got... Suicune. Uh, no, the first one. Oh, God, what was it? Gligar. Yep. Say again. Gligar. Gligar. I got a shiny Gligar. I caught an art uh, 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 a Galarian Articuno, and then I got a shiny Queen. Yeah. And I'm feeling pretty good. Right. <laughs> one, two, three. Yeah. One. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's funny how good things don't come in multiples of three, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know three is technically it's not though. It's just but yes I'm, like i'm happy about that what have you been working on um i have been working on air to the universe still reading through that i've been working on the flash fiction um well i'm going to be working on the flash fiction i haven't actually read any this week my apologies to the uh writers of said work and also to you uh for just being like you got this um i'm getting i'm getting the next batch of emails from people just like you said to bug you in october and i'm like i didn't mean it <laughs> no i did <laughs> um but yeah it's happening it's happening it is happening yeah um and what else am i working on i've been editing um an audiobook this week and i've been working on seven days of halloween which is one of my favorites yes. really really fun serves no purpose other than making me feel like a happy little kid um every every year well i've done it twice but twice in a row so it's now it's become an annual tradition that the week of halloween um the seven day seven days leading up to it including halloween seven days in total um i post a different like halloween makeup and look as it were not in a like this is how you do this because i like do makeup and lighting and angles and computer wizardry afterwards it's not supposed to be like a tutorial i wouldn't deign to instruct people how to apply makeup um but it's just fun for me because i get to mess around and i completed i've been designing them and i completed uh one of them and i've taken all the pictures and i'm really happy with how so green so green so green so green uh-huh. um yeah that's that's i think like work-wise that's what i've been working on how's about you um a few things on my side so i've been doing lots of work on uh, this year's 50k writing camp mm-hmm. so obviously last week we did an episode all about nanorimo and that is what the 50k writing camp is essentially for it's to help you conquer nanorimo mm-hmm. um so i'm even saying it for the masses nanorimo um so yeah, a lot of behind the scenes work on that. I've been um, scheduling some stuff, getting some things ready, uh, planning this year's Preppers Camp, which is the free camp that I run every year to help people get ready for November. So mm-hmm. this year that's running on the 16th to the 20th of October and it's absolutely free. So if you want to jump into uh, the week, the camp with me and go through all the different things that I've got to show you on how to make sure that you maximize your success for Nano then just jump over into our Discord through activatedorfs.com or activatedorfs.com forward slash join. 
Um, but that's cool. That's like it's the first time in a few years I feel like I've I've had enough space to actually like plan promotion mm. and put things out. So all the newsletters are scheduled. Um, all the social media should be scheduled by the end of this week, and obviously promoting on things like this and and speaking to some people. So yeah, should be should be good. Um, I'm also working on the dream stuff. So mm-hmm. my latest uh, fiction book, which is essentially Alice in Wonderland meets H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu. Like it's just, it's beautiful. I'm so proud of you. It's gorgeous. And it looks, yeah. You've done an incredible job. And I mean, just, just like I step out of my role as co-host a second and just fangirl mm. at you. Thank like you. it's i'm so proud of you it's yeah. beautiful you've done it well, it does look gorgeous um but the ebook is up for pre-order the paperback's basically ready to to go when i said it with this one i'm going just straight through uh amazon so um just because of other things going on i don't really want to faff around with lots of things and i'm kind of i'm doing a bit of an experiment with uh doing some of my stuff in kindle unlimited um i think i don't know if we've gone for a full episode on this i don't think we have but the whole exclusive versus wide argument i'm moving to exclusive purely because everything's so busy in the rest of my life that I just can't manage yeah. all of the platforms. So um yeah, I'm going to It's not deep. it's not an infinite decision, is it? Like No, no, you can, you can change you it. Can yeah, yeah. switch and change like yeah. yeah. But that's that's where it is for now. And then um the audio version of that is basically done mm-hmm. and um is going to be airing the 25th to the 31st, which also synchronizes with your face paint mask extravaganza extravaganza so yeah people who want to listen to the audio um it's over at theotherstories.net forward slash dream is all the info and then it's actually airing on the 25th so feel free to check that out absolutely zero cost for you um and then i've just got a note in here as well about flash fiction so you kind of already touched on it but mm-hmm. chipping chipping away yeah anthology well man anthologies are <laughs> i always forget just how much work they are i uh yes so sorry i was literally about to start talking um and i just got a text message from my mum pop up on the screen um and then chase went yeah and it just froze me a second um yeah this is my first foray into uh uh, apologizing yeah and i can understand why they take so long Uh uh-huh there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it because it's not just reading it's like assessing each story trying to like as you go through each story you're thinking about where it might fit whether you know what the kind of quality is opposed to like other stories um each anthology really needs to have a central theme or tone that the entire thing is built on yeah. so yeah it's it's interesting and one thing that i'm really enjoying as well is i've just um gone through all the stories that began at a thousand words went down into 500 words into 250 mm. into 100 into 50 words so i've read like five variations of the same story and what's really cool is that some stories i'm like oh this is so much better as 50 words and other ones i'm like yeah this definitely needed the length that it is and it's now like a thousand is the better one um so it's just a good kind of like it really shows how people can edit versus how they can write yes. because obviously i won't i won't say names i won't say say who but there were a couple of stories that the a thousand <laughs> words was awesome but each iteration just got progressively not as good. Yeah. Um, and that's not because the story's not good. That's just down to the ability to edit. And obviously when you're that deep in the story and you're cutting everything out, mm-hmm. it's really difficult still to try and you, you there's still yeah. so much you want to say, and then you end up missing some bits and clarity, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it, it's fun. And hopefully um, we'll have kind of some dates and things on possible 
uh, contacts and, and launching things soon. Yeah, um, I would like to say that as I'm going through the flash fiction, um, all of what you just said, but also pretty much um, when I finished every piece, I'm like, who am I to judge this? <laughs> well, I've gone through and all of my stories are making it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't enter any. No, we no. um what's something you've enjoyed this week? Um getting green. Mm. Yeah. So um just it's not cleared up yet. <laughs> the doctor <laughs> says keep applying the cream and it'll go eventually. Um I yeah, so like I said about the, the Halloween stuff, I um this this year I've decided I'm doing a season of the witch. So each um day will be like a different kind of almost stereotype of of how we see witches um and i'm i just i just really enjoyed it like i love alphaba so like i used her as kind of the base and then i went like i i just i subverted it a bit so instead of being like this wicked creature i made her like a 20s glamour kind of thing <laughs> and it was really fun yeah. and so like i've now decided that the white witch is going to be a creepy bitch mm. Mm. yeah creepy so that's witch. what i've enjoyed it's nice. just like playing with makeup yeah yes how about you sir so i went into cambridge with the little one on saturday and yeah. uh when the morning came round, um because he's really into like youtube and videos and stuff we decided that we we're going to vlog his day Mm-hmm. so we went out and about cambridge and took videos of us in different places and he's talking to the camera and doing his bits and catching pokemon and visiting shops and i've got to go through and edit it but the actual just experience like of being on a crowded bus with an eight-year-old and just like holding up a phone so he can talk to it was very interesting um and yeah it was just it was just a very very good day so that's my that's my thing that's super cute what is i know what was the word of last week puzzle Bum fuzzle. I'm bum fuzzling myself right now. How did your bum fuzzle and fuzzle bottom challenge go? Right. It went really well for the challenge and may have lost. Um, well, he didn't notice, so I think it's fine. But I may have lost some um, dignity point. Not dignity. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I basically used it on my son during an emotional situation because mm. as I was talking to him, my brain went, this is the perfect moment. <laughs> so, was he bumfuzzled? No, I told him he was bumfuzzling me. <laughs> and 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 I just said it so that like I, I was talking, I was like, look, I, it was something like something had happened at school and I was trying to, and he, he tends to kind of go over the same thing. Um, and like he gets caught on the roundabout and yeah. can't find the exit. Um, and so we were we was having that, and I basically was just like, Look, I'm trying to help you, but you're bum fuzzling me, or something along those lines, and nothing. And then he heard me editing the bum fuzzle reel, and so he's been going around um <laughs> just been like, I'm bum fuzzling myself right now. And when I told him, <laughs> when I told him that I'd done the challenge and it was on him, he was like, What? And I told him, and he's like, "I've no memory of that." And I was like, "Yeah, it's because you listen to me." Uh huh. Anyway, uh-huh. how about you? I didn't do it. <gasps> it totally slipped my mind this week. Like you, bitch. I know. We literally. I was writing down all the the show notes for this this morning. I was like, "Oh my god, it's been a week." Yeah, and it's been a week. Like I've used it on you, but obviously that doesn't count. No. So, 
fail, you I guess. You've used it on me so many times. Yeah, a bum-fuzzly amount of times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I am um, just totally, totally, totally slipped my mind. So I will try harder next week with whatever word. Oh, no, do you want to do the thing first with the stuff? Have I bum-fuzzled you? No, I know what you're talking about. But just... I was about to natural segue into a thing. That I, I know what you're going to do. Realized... Do you want to do the thing first? With do the, the stuff. The okay. stuff? The so stuff with the two, two notes here. One, I want okay. to make it so clear to people that I want to know you're doing the challenge. <laughs> Please put it in. Um, they say desperation is the way into people's hearts. So mm-hmm. I thought if I begged, it might help. Um Please do it like a proper ad appeal, <laughs> like a charity appeal. This is Sam. <laughs> Sam is desperate to know how you bum puzzled this week. He is. One comment <laughs> is all it takes to brighten her day. She is so bum puzzled by the titty nope. I think. <laughs> I forgive you for not doing it because that was masterful. Um, <laughs> But we did get a, a comment from Beautiful Eden um, on the video about language, and I thought it was glorious, so I'm going to read it out now. So Eden says, something I like about studying another language is the accident rude words, like in Latin, the word for stuffed is fartus, and the phrase he makes a journey is a facet, pronounced eat a fuck it. <laughs> also, in Swedish, the word for end or final is slut, which also leads to such delights as slut stop it, slut dagger, and Titan slut. We're done Thank here. You. Slut. Thank you, Eden, because that made my day. Oh, thank you, beautiful Eden. So what is the word for this week? Right. This week I have veered away from um butts and tits. No, oh, I don't care anymore. It's a stupid challenge. Um <laughs> Because when I saw this word and its definition, I was like, oh, my God, that's my love life in a word. Are you ready for this? The word is druxy. D-R-U-X-Y. It is an adjective. And it means something which looks good on the outside, but is actually rotten inside. Oh, my God. All of my exes. No, I'm joking. Most of my exes. Um, there's also an archaic version of um, which relates to timber, uh, which is having decayed spots or streaks of a whitish colour. So, like, the trees looked good until they milled them and found out they were druxy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I could use that. Yeah. Book. It's a good word, right? Druxy. 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 And I was just like, I know several druxy people. Uh Uh-huh. All know several druxy people but i know in particular some real fucking druxy bastards slut and bitches (laughs) (laughs) eden you just ruined my vocabulary for the next week i'm gonna get so in trouble (laughs) i won't talk about anymore slut (laughs) right if you don't secretly film you saying that to your mum and send it to me, <laughs> it will be severe consequences. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> but yes, the word of the week this week is druxy. Um, 
so please do 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 try your best do the challenge and then let me know because i love raising stupid shit out yep <laughs> Slut. okay Slut. do we have <laughs> any uh, wins of the week this week we do have some wins well look at me the- I'm getting so used to the format. I'm getting confident. I've got my red lipstick on and I'm actually acting like a co-host. Duh, go. I think that just told us a lot about you. Um, yeah. So it's, <laughs> this week's win comes from... <laughs> my God, this cough is killing me. Um, this win oh comes God. from Carolyn. And there's a reason I picked this one. And Carolyn writes, I wrote a thousand words of a brand new story. I've been rewriting rejected stories all summer. Oh. <gasps> why do i like that sam you like that because that is someone that is like they've the fact that the stories like are there that means they've been finished for Mm -hmm. one and like we all know like the number one rule of writing is to actually get to the end yeah Um, and then the fact that they've been i don't know whether she's rejected them like she's got to the end or like she sent them out and they've been she submits a lot so okay so the fact is is that she's taking feedback. Mm-hmm. She's hearing that, like, because if you um, submit to stuff, not always, but sometimes either they will give you feedback or you are allowed to request feedback. Yeah. And so she's taking those stories. She's sitting down. She's pro- popped her pride and ego on a shelf. And she's like, right, it's time to roll up my fucking sleeves and make this better mm-hmm. because I can do that because that's how craft works. Mm-hmm. That's how skills work. They get better when we polish them, when we keep going. And so she's a legend. Well done. I love it. I love it. Because it also comes back to our storytelling versus writing that we've been speaking about the last few weeks. Because mm-hmm. just because the story's been rejected doesn't... Well, there's a number of reasons it might not be. I was say, it could be, it could be perfect to some people. Yeah, it could be. There's many reasons. And I think we... Said don't we might... like Neil Gaiman. I know. Sorry. <laughs> just but we... to put that out there. <laughs> I think we said we were going to do an episode on this at some point, but like, yeah. you know, there's a number of reasons. Like it could be just, it doesn't fit in with that publisher. It could just be that it didn't quite fit in with the theme. It could be that the people reading it just had a very specific idea of what they were looking for. It could be, you know, not as well written as you'd hoped, but the story could be good. So it, like Carolyn's doing, you just rework it, re- redistribute it, put it out there. Yeah. But just because you've been rejected doesn't mean it's a bad story. And it doesn't it just mean you're a bad writer. Doesn't mean that you're a bad writer. So this is the whole, this is exactly what writing is. It's a practice. It's a thing you can mm-hmm. continually growing with and, and putting yourself out there to do better. There are thousands and thousands of people worldwide that might accept your story you just gotta find them do you know you just reminded me of a story it's i like, reject it's, it it's like, <laughs> shit i'm telling you it. <laughs> um it's uh it's kind of like tangentially relevant when i was at drama school and we was um learning all about audition technique we were blessed and fortunate enough to um have Harriet Thorpe Return, who I'm obsessed with, that woman. I love her so much. That's her and name. Harriet Thorpe. She, like, I am a straight woman, but I would do things to her. She has, like, she's got that kind of aura that you read about. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when it's like she walked in, she was all this, this, like, she knows who she is. She is, oh my God. Um, For people that want to know who she is, Harriet Thorpe is a British comedian or comedic actor I was about to say accent then um she was in the British Empire she's in absolutely fabulous she's been on the West End she's like that woman like works and she is fantastic anyway by the by um she came in to do audition technique with us 
and I remember her talking to us about nerves um, and she was saying it's completely normal to feel nervous but I like to call <laughs> I like to call in my head not to their faces obviously anyone that like might cause me nerves and so in this instance we're talking about casting directors uh, poo people she said, because you walk into the room and you can't read their faces a lot of the time and you immediately label those faces as disinterest, as mm. aggression, as whatever, because of your emotional state. So you start telling yourself a story about why they're looking how they're looking. Yes. And actually, probably they've just got a neutral expression if they've not met you before and they're just waiting for you to, you know, they don't want to call. She's like, or they could just really desperately need a poo. And that's mm. why you're in and out. So I just like to, when I, she's like, most people think they look at people naked. I just like to think they just really need a poo. Mm. Poo people. So to tangentially get to the point, relevant. They don't want to flap. <laughs> but I'd like without <laughs> getting too in the weeds. We I think we've all had that situation where we're like talking to someone and you really need to pee or something. And you're just like, oh my God, you just told me the same thing three times in different ways. Just what is the point of this conversation? Mm -hmm. I need to go. But you're too polite to be like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't stop talking, it's gonna come out. Eden, you've broken me for this week. <laughs> Apologies to anyone that I'm offending. Slut. Um, slut. slut. Um, <laughs> what is this week's topic? Oh, yes. Okay. So I forget exactly how we phrased this. I don't know why, but that that bum fuzzled me for a second there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this week's, hmm, I will probably edit this fluster. I was so full of myself. I won't edit it out because I was so full of myself. Like, I'm getting confident now. I can do this. And then I was like, oh, the entire point of the show, I don't remember. <laughs> um, it's because, uh, there we go. So the question I have, and this is a question that I've heard a lot recently, which is why I brought it mm -hmm. up. But it's also a question that, like, I would genuinely like some answers to. So I'm probably going to, shut my trap for most of this because i don't have a lot of um, oh no pressure yeah well i don't have a lot of knowledge on it and i like there's no what's the point of me like bluffing advice to people when i don't have it like mm -hmm. that just makes me an arsehole um so the question is how do you use a mailing list to get readers i don't know slut all <laughs> cool um Taylor light etc well yeah so it's it's one of those bits of advice that has been around, I mean, since before I was in the game, but even when I started listening to podcasts and things in around 2014, 2015, like it's it's the central advice for authors trying to build a business, whether, and this, this is one of the important things as well, no matter whether you are self-published or you're going, looking at your own traditionally published, it would behoove you to get some kind of mailing list so that you can actually form a relationship with your readers. Because here's the thing. Out of all the different ways that you can connect with readers, the main one that everyone will automatically go to is social media. Yeah. Social media is a very big word and it covers a lot of different platforms. Yeah. And it really, really winds me up because some people do social media really well. But the issue with social media is you might have 50,000 followers on Twitter, 100,000 followers on TikTok. You don't own them. And what happens a lot of the time with social media platforms is they have their day and then they disappear and then they have their day and they disappear and it's something will rise and something will crumble. And so, you know, five, six years ago, Vine and Snapchat. Which... I was just thinking that in MySpace. And my, well, MySpace is probably a bit further back, but yeah. yeah but like no like one knows was... who my top six are anymore. 
No, that them. was that was <laughs> the like pioneering social media platform. It really was. Yeah. And and they're not around anymore. And you know that comes with the change in times, change in attention, changing like rich people buying platforms they don't understand and twisting but as a perfect example and again i won't name names but like i've had author friends recently in the Sorry. last few months what and i won't name names i thought you meant elon musk because mm. <laughs> you were like you know finding a treasure i won't name names I, no. like, I think we all know who you mean no author friends yeah um who <clears throat> they they made their living on twitter and mm-hmm. are literally experiencing now royalties crashing 50 percent because they're not reaching as many people because they haven't paid for the premium version and oh, all the bullshit. controversy with Twitter has moved people off the platforms and then back onto the platforms. And so it's just not as stable. And it really shows kind of how easy it is for a platform, an external factor that you have no control over to change what it is you're doing. So again, huge like huge platform as well, huge, huge. And, and by all means, as I say, like build your platforms and social media, find those people. But the point of a mailing list is that email hasn't changed really since the 80s. It's you have your email address. Like most people that I know of have email inboxes. Those that I don't know of, I haven't asked whether they have an email because I'm friends with them. And we don't often email each other because our pleasantries go in conversation. Now, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm very sorry to interrupt your flow, but just as a quick aside, what was your first email address? Weeman764 at hotmail.com. Mine was original Cindy at hotmail.com because I was a big old fan of Dark Angel. Please oh, continue. Yeah. Email addresses. <laughs> it was oh, Weeman. It was short, shortly followed by Sammy Diva 7. Please continue. Nice. Wee Man was because I used to do that thing where you pull your like arms into your sleeves and pretend you have tiny hands. Oh, I thought you meant because you liked the Wee. Nope. No. I was also around the time that Jackass was huge and Wee Man, obviously a big character in Jackass, yeah. but I didn't know that because I was 11 and hadn't seen Jackass. So Wee Man 764. Um, Here we go. But yeah, so the point is, email hasn't really changed at all in the last four, uh, 40 years. Um, and the reason it hasn't is because it's a direct way to communicate with someone. It's something that's very embedded. It's less about the platform and it's more just about the line of communication. And so having a mailing list is your way, for people who don't exactly know what we're talking about here, is your way of getting a reader's email address so that you can send them updates, you can send them books, you can send them fun things. Like I will emphasize here, don't just sell constantly because it bores people and no one wants that email. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, so yeah, mailing lists are pretty much pivotal to a sustainable career as an author. Um, I've had one since 2015, 2016. Um, 2016, because I, like many self-pubbed authors, launched my first book without a mailing list and just didn't even think of it and sorted it all out a few months after when the initial flow from that first book was gone Um, and I've worked it up from my first subscriber into several thousands at this point um and yeah it's it's that thing it's one of those things that as long as you've got their email address the only thing that's going to change that is if number one they subscribe or number two they get a new email and they don't update so obviously there's maintenance and all that kind of stuff that associates with it, but it just means that you have a list of people that you can reach out to whenever you want. You go straight into their inbox, which is a very direct way of messaging people. Um, yeah. And it avoids all of the crap of social media. So rather than playing the virality game of, can I get people to see me for 10 seconds? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you've already been invited through that front door and you're already sitting down in their house going, here's my book. <laughs> so that that really is the importance of a mailing list. Yeah. Um, two things. One I would just like to say to you and anyone that's watching, I'm not ignoring you. I've got, a, I was just finding a pencil and a pad. Oh, I figured. 
yeah, as you're talking, not only like if there's something that I'm like, that's really good. Obviously, I'll take a note. I mean, I edit this. I don't need to take notes. But <laughs> most importantly, I'm jotting questions down as you're talking. Hey, Chase. That's that's Chase. If you're watching it, it's just questions. Remind me. <laughs> um, Am I late? Are we airing? <laughs> that's okay. Um, so I I will um spring in from time to time with a question if that's cool. Yeah, perfect. Um so my first question is it's kind of a it's a twofer really. Um number one I think is probably a lot simpler to answer. So like how do you set it up in the sense of like, you know, the the technicalities of it? Mm-hmm. Um but number two, everyone always talks about naming this as being a brilliant way of connecting with your readers oh yeah great where the fuck do i find these people if i don't have a book because it's Mm -hmm. difficult to connect with my readers if i don't have readers because i've not yet to get a book and if it's important to have a mailing list first before i've got a book how can i talk to my readers because i don't have a book it's all very confusing where are these secret people that like to get newsletters (laughs) how do i get involved with them yeah well i will say that the, the people that like to get newsletters, I'm sure there are people that you love getting newsletters from. Dropout TV. Marie Folio. True. And mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm like, ah. Uh-uh. This is what he's up to. Yeah. Yeah. But this yeah, is no. sanctioned stalking. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it's all, they're all like perfectly, like perfect questions. And so to kind of go through them. So we've established why a mailing list is important mm-hmm. it allows you to build a relationship with readers it allows you to keep those readers for as long as they want to and it's a much more i'd argue it's a much more consensual relationship because a lot of the time you have to opt in rather than just have people like follow you briefly and, and yeah. disappear um but yeah the so the question what was the first out of those questions the first one was like how do i set how do you say okay so setting up a mailing list is easy once you know how <laughs> so there are a number of surgeries easy once you know how Jeez. oh i don't think so yeah uh, i've heard it's well easy there are a number of different platforms and realistically as i as i say all this there isn't a right way as such it's like a lot of these things you find out what works for you you work in the best way possible and you build it in the way that works with your schedule your work your goals all that kind of stuff what you want to do but there are a number of different platforms that are very, very popular. Um, I personally use MailerLite.com, um, and I will put a link in the show notes for that because if you sign up with MailerLite and use my code, I get a special little bonus. I believe you get a little discount as well, so I'll pop that in there. I thought MailerLite was free. Uh, it's free to sign up, and then if you want to have more subscribers, you can then got sign you. Up and pay. I was about to say it's free to sign up, but if you want to use it, you got to pay. No, I think it's free for the first like five hundred subscribers or something. It's, oh, okay, it's, that's it's pretty good. Um, don't take my word on that. There is also MailChimp is a very popular choice. Mm, uh, I used to use that to contact casting directors. Yep. There is Aweber. There is ConvertKit. There is a bunch of different ones that essentially all do similar things in slightly different ways and gear themselves towards slightly different audiences. I have a, a question that is very relevant to everything that you just said. Are any of those better for people, let's say, um, for me or I'm just picking a random name out of the ether renee um <laughs> that are are either tech averse or like computers hate them and are there any that are good for people that generally are quite good with this kind of stuff that like offer a few more kind of options or do you not know i absolutely know 
Okay, cool. So I'm it pretty works. sure if I'm right in thinking, Renee uses MailerLite. Um, okay. So I would say there are a few that are a bit simpler. <laughs> there are a few that are a bit simpler than others. Um, so choices like MailerLite and choices like Mail, Mail, uh, MailChimp are good starting places because they're built very much for the everyday. Mm-hmm. Um, and as opposed to Aweber and ConvertKit, ConvertKit is very popular amongst uh, entrepreneurs who have a lot of products and sales flows. So what that essentially means, people who don't know, is you can set up a bunch of automation that links to different programs so that if someone buys something, they get an email, they get this, they get a follow-up. You can do very complex um, integrated sequences through those to ConvertKit and Aweber, and that reflects as well in the pricing. So they're a bit more expensive because they're used by more entrepreneurial-minded people who have like big plans for sales and stuff. That sounds like once you've set it up with a lot of those things, like it's hands-off, like you do all the work up front but then like with mm-hmm. the following up okay got you yeah a lot of a lot of this is so the MailerLite and MailChimp tend to be the ones that I kind of push towards MailerLite I I used to use MailChimp and I moved to MailerLite just because I found the uh, interfaces and the builders a lot nicer and a lot more modern and MailChimp started putting their prices up I don't remember the exact price at this point um but using well it doesn't really matter specifically using MailerLite as an example but the fundamentals of setting a mailing list up are you need to have what I call a bucket for your subscribers. You need to have a form where people can subscribe. So where it puts like, join my mailing list, name and email address, that's your form. And Sorry. you need an automation sequence. Okay. Much, much easier than it sounds. So using MailerLite as an example, you can go into the subscribers tab and you can do uh, build a new group. And for example, for if we're doing one for the Activated Authors community, which mm-hmm. I have one, um, you could just build a bucket for Activated Authors. So there's now a place set up where as people add themselves to your mailing list, that's where they are. And then when you create emails and everything else, you just point them into that bucket and say, I want to give this letter to this people. And you just throw the letters into the well. The that next part looked like you were throwing something into a well. Yeah, I was doing something. Yeah, especially off camera. Um, yeah. <laughs> the form is obviously essential to connect to your website, to connect to the back of your books, to put in links or anything. But you can set up a very, very basic form. Again, on MailerLite, you just use the forms tab. Yeah, And then once you've built the form, it gives you a little URL link that you can post in places and use. And that's, you know, how, how people get into the bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the automation, I mean, arguably it's very, very optional, but the automation is very, very useful. So with automation, I've got a sequence in which if someone joins up to the Activated Authors monthly zap, um, which I will admit on air, I've been quite bad at lately, but I'm planning on bringing that back. Um, Unbelievable. But if you fill out the form that I put onto the website... And you get put into that bucket. The minute yep. it's in the bucket, it triggers MailerLite to send you a welcome email to say, hey, this is what you're going to get. This is awesome. And with those automation sequences, again, depending on what you want to do, you can make them as simple, as complicated as possible. So it can be one email just saying hi, or you can have special instructions to say, after seven days, here's another email. You can okay. set, it, you can set so- it up so that if they haven't opened that email, it will send another email after three days. If they have, it will send a different email. So you can set up Ooh, an entire workflow okay. map of interacting and communicating with people once they've signed up to your mailing list so for example um if i get an email like you know i sign up and i get a welcome email which i obviously assumed is like a i I call them like a reflex email in my brain yeah um you know it's like an out of office reply but it's hi yeah (laughs) and then so when it says like over the next seven days i'm going to send you these resources and then they pop up Mm -hmm. that's all part of the same kind of automation yes yeah. Okay, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay. Th- yeah. Because the thing very... that be 
Well, you go. I was just going to say, I have a very specific niche question, but I will wait until you've finished this. Okay. So in that example, if we were to take you as an example, this could be quite cool. You have your bucket for masters of none people. You Mm -hmm. have your form on your website. You have your automation. But you could could essentially set up an automated thing that says, welcome, really, really happy you're here. What would you like to hear from about me? And that first one could be, I want to know all about you. And so you can send them everything. And then yep. you could set up a separate bucket. So it's like, I love your paintings. Okay, paint. I love your poems. And you can filter people out because um, I won't go too deep. This is because it's quite, uh, there's a lot to it. But um, the more you can, quote, segment, unquote, your audience into the things that they like, the more likely you are to get yep. better engagement and to give a better service. Because the last thing you want is for people to sign up to your mailing list because they really, really loved I know I'm just going to apply this example out. They've really, really loved your post-apocalyptic books. And then you start mm. sending them lots of horror novels. They're yeah. not going to like that because they signed up to hear about post-apocalyptic novels. So, no, And if you've, if you've got a Christian um, like knitting circle, they don't want to hear about your OnlyFans. Exactly. So a lot of setting up your mailing list is about expectations. In all of those things that you set up, you want to make sure that when people sign up and they see that form, they know what it is they're getting from you. You're not lying to them. You're not tricking them. The whole, I think because we're also used to getting really annoying emails. There's a part of us when we set up emails that we're like, oh, well, we have to play by those rules. We don't. Just be upfront with what it is you're going to sell or what you're going to push or what you're going to notify people about. And then that's what they're going to get. And if they get the thing that they think they're going to get, they're going to be happy with you because they asked to get that. Whereas if you suddenly start sending out like loads of different things that don't relate at all, like that's when you start having problems and losing a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Here's my very niche, very specific question, and it's probably going to make you laugh. When you set up a newsletter or website or something like that, because of like privacy laws and all the rest of it, you know, um, with people when they were opting people in that hadn't asked to be and laws changed and all the rest of it. One of the things you are asked to do is put in your address. Now, that address appears at the bottom of emails and your website so how do you stop sending random people your address please you remove it cool okay i'm assuming there's a way to do that yes yeah at the bottom of the email you can choose what information you're you're sending in the email okay like Um, mine has my business address because i have that in lots of places because it's just a registered business so yeah so yeah there are a few other things that it's worth being aware of. Um, And these are things I won't go too heavy into because their whole um, mind, but you kind of brought up there about um, addresses and all that kind of input and information security. Yeah. Some things to be very, very aware of. And this is specifically speaking about the UK, but I also think some of it might translate over the pond as well. Yeah. Um, In... Ah, oh, screw my old life. In 2019, 2018, in 2018, the general data protection regulation rules changed, meaning mm. you have to opt in to receive an email. Yeah. So essentially, you can't just add people to your email address willy nilly, not that it stops people, but you have to make sure that people are choosing to be part of that. So it's always worth when you have uh, the name and the email form that people are filling in, just to put a note there about how you're going to use their data. Most websites need to have a privacy policy. All websites in the UK, at least, need to have a privacy policy as well. It says what you're going to do with their data, because essentially when someone's giving you their name and their email, could be their postal address. It could be any other information you request, although I'd say you only really need a name and email. Yeah. Um, 
people are, have a right to be able to know what you've done with their information. Mm -hmm. So the good thing about having a mailing list platform means that you have a system that is keeping all those uh, email addresses safe. And should there be any breaches, that's on their side. And that's for the platform to deal with. Although obviously you then have to communicate that to your readers. Yeah, of course. So GDPR, particularly in the UK, is very, very important. The other thing to be aware of, uh, which is very, very useful to know, and again, gets a bit into the weeds of um, the behind the scenes of emails and things. When you sign up to a platform like MailerLite, for example, it will ask if you've got a registered um domain name url address that it can use to send emails to people why it asks this is it because if you have an at gmail at hotmail at aol at whatever account and you are sending lots of these very arguably salesy email addresses um mm. you are more likely to be hit against spam filters in people's inboxes so right. you know you might not be sending spam because people are opted in all that kind of stuff but if you have an actual like mind hello at danielwilcox.com because that's a paid for for registered validated address it means that i'm likely to get through more spam filters than other ones are because you know email providers all the time are finding ways to stop you from getting crap and yeah. what you don't want to happen is to go into the junk box of every reader that you're sending stuff to um another way to increase the chances that you're seen when you send your emails uh, to other other people is and again, I know it's really, really tempting to put very buzzwordy spam stuff in the subject line, but putting mm -hmm. free in capital letters or putting last chance in capital letters, which admittedly I do sometimes do, but I know about why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, if you put stuff like that all the time, that's also going to go straight into spam and junk because I, those are keywords that email inboxes yeah. are trained to look for, to filter through, to make sure that you're not getting crap. Yeah. Um, and then the other bit that will help people see your emails is when they sign up, just a nice little reminder to them to add you to their safe sender list yes so you can request for people to just add it to make sure that your emails come through and that you've chosen to see them perfect yeah okay so that's kind of like how you set up the mailing list now where are these readers these magical people that want to hear from authors that have yet to publish a book like do, where do they hang out <laughs> harrogate where Harrogate. Harrogate. They make good water there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is a question um, and one of the big stumbling blocks, obviously, of, of a lot of writers. I think the so the important part to begin with is very much similar to what I said at the start of the big question, which is there's no right way to do this. And a lot of it is about finding the way that works best for you and the way that you want to go ahead to build your mailing list because it would just be one right way it would be so much easier oh i know there are a few things that help and i can tell you what i do um but before i get into what i do like there are free ways and there are paid ways so paid ways you can set up facebook ads and you know share that you've got a newsletter list if you don't have anything to put on there um a huge bit of advice i would give and it's something that i've come to over the last few years i've changed on is before you've even got around to writing your novel, write something that you can give away for free. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be amazing, though obviously the better it can be, the better, because you're giving people a sample of your work, but it could be a 500-word short story. It could be a 20,000-word novella. It could be a 10,000-word novelette, whatever the freaking barriers are for those. Um, but you can create something that you can then put out as a little cookie, a little nugget, a little treat for people to join your mailing list. And mm -hmm. this little treat is known in the business as a reader magnet, 
and mm-hmm. that's, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But like, the more you have something to interest people that they have to sign up for, or in order to access, the better things are for building your mailing list. So, having a system in place before you start reaching out to people helps. Um, there's a reason that I have free re- resources on activated authors. Number one, mm-hmm. I want to help you guys. And I think they are invaluable resources to help people with stuff. But also number two, it means that you give me your email address and then we have a bit of a conversation. And I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast and you like what we do, then there might be stuff that we've got coming up that'll interest you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. So make a reader magnet of some kind. Again, there's no right way to do this. Um, There's a lot of suggestions around if you're writing a fantasy book to have a small spin-off of a fantasy character within that book that you can then tell readers of. But you might not even be at that point. You might even be <clears throat> a couple of chapters into the book and you don't know who the characters are. So just write something small, just a nice little short story that you can just put out there as a bit of bait, a bit of a rod to start bringing people in. Now, that doesn't actually bring people to you. So coming back to the paid side of stuff, you can use things like Facebook ads. Um, you can do Google ads. There's lots of different ways to <clears throat> promote your stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. Loads of ways to promote your stuff using um coin if you know how to do that although they can be quite tricky uh some of the free ways that i will say are very 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 useful um the first one being facebook groups mm-hmm. and a big caveat on this that i'll come into but there are thousands of different facebook groups full of hungry readers full of very very supportive writers that you can begin to get to know to be social with who might be interested in getting your book and so find facebook groups that allow advertising because the last thing you want to do is just dump a post into a group that says no promotion no posting like the amount of people i know that get kicked out of 20 books to 50k just because they go in there throw up their ad and then run away um is unreal so you could find those groups i will say that's a bit of a harder sell um you can once you've got a book you could put a what we call a cta a call to action at the end of the book to push people towards your mailing list. So if somebody stumbles across your book on Amazon, on Kobo, on wherever it's posted, and they like the story, they get to that final page, they go, oh, there's more I can get from this author. Take you over to the website. And that's where your little link comes in handy. The way that I have found the most effective in recent years, or two ways, really, three ways. There we go. I'll give you th- I'll give you a three-way. Um, the- ah, ah. <laughs> thought you'd enjoy that. Finally. So- Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is uh, story origin. Mm-hmm. I am a big proponent of story origin at the minute. Uh, and I will say that not specifically just because it's story origin, but they're, they're doing this the best at the minute, in my opinion. But story origin is a website that helps you set up newsletter swaps with other authors. So what that means is I'm a horror author. I can go onto story origin, find other horror authors who are promoting their book. And through their system, I can go, I like the look of your book. I will mention your book in my newsletter if you mention my book in your newsletter and you swap over and so their audience say they've got a thousand people will see me and some of those will come across mm-hmm. my audience who are hopefully a different thousand people will go across to them like their stuff and so it's very very mutually beneficial um for okay. both people so it's one of the things i'm constantly keeping on top of every couple of weeks my horror list goes out and i'm always making sure that i've got people to swap with to make sure that i'm building up new readers bringing them into the funnel all that kind of stuff uh on sorry as well as well as newsletter swaps you can do group promos. And what a group promo is, is for an extended period of time, could be a week, could be three weeks, a month. An author can set up a landing page in which they invite other authors to put their book up onto that landing page. So you can build a landing page of about, well, as many books as you want to, really. I wouldn't do more than 20. Um, But you could have 20 books and your book could be part of this. 
And then that single link, you can all, every 20, every one of you in that group of 20 can send that page to your mailing list so that you're getting joint exposure for everyone in that group. So there's a lot of cross promotion there. There's a lot of being social and being helpful for um, other writers and other readers. Social. Ugh. I know. But you don't have to talk to them. Oh, okay. You just tick boxes and it swaps. It's pretty nice. If you want to talk oh. to them, you can. Oh, no. But like I've done a few uh, story origin swaps with uh, a guy whose books that I've read and who I met in Pittsburgh and I have one of his books next to my shelf. So that was quite nice to have a, a few oh. swaps with him. Um, but again, coming back to a point I said earlier about expectation, make sure that the books that you're promoting on your list are ones that you're proud to promote and mm-hmm. ones that represent your brand. Because if you start just accepting every person, you'll have a list of 5,000 people, but none of them are going to actually like read what you put out because you're just sending them crap. So yeah. make sure you vet the books that you're going to be a part of. Like there have been a, quite a few big group promos that I've not gotten myself involved in just because they clearly just said yes to every book that comes through. And they were yeah. like shoddy covers, shoddy titles, shoddy blurbs, typos, all that kind of stuff. Um, so newsletter swaps, group promos. Um, being social with other authors <sighs> <Yeah>. is helpful. <laughs> no, no. And this is much more of a slower burn, but kind of comes back a bit to social media. But if you can start making friends within the writing space, who are either around your level or maybe even a little bit higher, who have a list that they're happy to promote your book in. You've got a new release coming up. Hey, do you mind mentioning this in your newsletter? Awesome. How about when I've got a new book coming out, you promote that? Cool. Mm-hmm. Lots of cross-promotion because it's one of the, I think it's easy once you get into this game to think that everyone's a writer and you forget very, very easily that like we are of the minority. And so you're not really competing for other readers, but you can share other readers. Like, you know, you're not going to bring out you're likely not going to bring out enough books to sate a reader again and again each week. And the third way is coming back to spending money, but a bit more focused um, and a bit simpler to use if you're not sure how to set up Facebook ads. Um, you can set up paid promotions. So there are websites. David Gogren's got one on his website. There's another one that I can't remember where I sourced it. It might be Kindlepreneur um, that list all the different paid promos that you can send out. So for $20, for example, you can set, you can uh, apply to have your book featured in a promotion with a company like eReader Today or uh, Robin Reads. And oh, they oh. will. No. Yes, but not yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I know I was you... like, do I know something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you do. And you've reminded me. Thank you. Um, okay. But no, so these are, these are curated lists of readers that different companies have met. And then they basically sell ad space to. Um, so, but, but actually, right. to be fair, like, if you are signed up to BookBub, you will get like a daily blast or a weekly blast of all the different books that are on offer. That's essentially what these look like, but there's lots of other websites that do it. And so you can put in together a good campaign for, I don't know, like a hundred bucks that will get your book in front of thousands of readers. Um, <clears throat> you can set your book. Yeah, the only, the, excuse me. The only caveat to this is that they need to be discounted or free. If they're discounted, you will probably get fewer people sign up, but you'll get more quality readers because they've actually paid for the book. Yeah. If you put it for free, you're likely to get thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people download your book, which is awesome for the rankings and whatnot. Um, but whether or not they're quality and want to read on, because we all know that our Kindles are full of free books that we've downloaded but never got around to reading. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the main three. And then yeah, the BookBub stuff that you mentioned, you can do paid BookBub ads, similarly to Facebook or the Google stuff. Um, and also you can do some, um, you can apply for their newsletter blasts, which are quite difficult to get into, but they can very much help launch a lot of readers onto your list. So there are, those are kind of like the main ways. The, the important thing to remember a lot with newsletter building is it's slow work. You have to be patient. Uh, if you're self-pub, it's probably going to be slower. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it's just it's one reader at a time yeah and then uh we'll do a whole episode on you know engaging your readers later um but it is important to find a way to make sure that you're not just focused on building your list but you're also appreciating those that are on your list because it's much harder to get people into the funnel than it is to keep them right got yeah. yeah so once they once you've got them delight them send them stuff they'll be happy but the actual effort it takes to get them into there in the first place is <clears throat> is where most people focus their attention and that's something that really annoys me like once people are on the mailing list people are like ah they're going to be there and they don't worry about like looking after them they're just more focused on getting more people but it's better to have a list of a thousand quality readers than it is to have ten thousand and only 20 of them open your email and it's better to have a list of two people that will read your book rather than a hundred people that won't exactly i know it's exactly what you just said i'm just i'm just <laughs> using very small numbers for people that haven't yet got a mailing list and <laughs> are not like why haven't i got a thousand yeah yeah okay um well, thank you for that. You're I'm welcome for that. I'm sure that I'm going to uh, be watching this episode. <laughs> slut. Thank you for that. Slut. Um, before we wrap up, <laughs> Eden, you've killed him. Um, before we wrap up, I have a few more questions, but I'm aware that this is a long episode. Yeah. Um, so let's do them as quick fire. So I will ask you them and answer them as like you know succinctly as you can so the first one is how often do i send a newsletter how long is a piece of string no mm -hmm. you have to give useful answers <laughs> so how much content do you have is i'll i'll i realize it's meant to be the quick section um it's up to you it really is like you can experiment and see what works best um, with your schedule, but also with what your readers are receptive to. Keep an eye on engagement rates because you want to make sure that you're not spamming people to the point they're ignoring you. My mm -hmm. Activated Authors one goes out once a month when I'm on it um, because really that's like a summary of all the things for the month. And I don't like I don't want to put all my attention into constantly sending a newsletter every week. Mm -hmm. My horror one goes out once a fortnight because that works in my schedule. It gives me enough time to come up with updates on things that I'm working on. Um, I know people that send them out weekly. I know people that send them out monthly, every three weeks. Like, find the schedule that works for you. Don't feel pressured to have to do it one way or another. In the beginning, if it feels like you just want to slowly get used to it, do it once a month. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's an exception for when you actually have launches and things. Feel free to actually hit people with launch emails because, again, if you set it up so that people know that's what you're sending, then you're fine. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's about finding your groove and seeing what works for you. Okay. What do I put in a in a bloody newsletter so you told me that I, not to sell all the time which i totally get because that would mm. piss me right off so in those like months years where we're working on the book <laughs> and people and we've got people signed up um what i mean obviously like you just said you could send like an update on the book or, or whatever mm -hmm. but like what what am what am i telling people so here's my view on it yeah. And it kind of <clears throat> takes into the role of imposter syndrome. Yeah. So the reason that question is asked a lot is because people don't feel like they're going to add any value or that they are authors. Like okay. once you recognize where you are versus um, the reader and kind of what. So how I see it is. Put yourself in the position of a reader that you are. Give me an author that you love. Gaiman. What do you want to hear from Gaiman? Yes. What would you like to hear from Gaiman? 
uh, will you marry me? Okay. So if he proposes an email, if he shows you pictures of him at the trout farm, if he the trout farm, if he gives you a hundred word snippet of his latest book. Yeah, I'm. I I don't want to see him at a trout farm. I don't like. Oh fish. yeah, you've got a whole thing about fish. All right, uh, at a lambing farm. Oh, that would be so cute. Exactly, but With crazy hair against all the little lambs. Uh huh. But in this situation, you really have to put yourself into the eyes of the reader as they receive your email. And I think what we all get hung up in is the fact that, especially if we're newer authors, that we're not authors, and, and that, that we're, we're just not going to Yeah. Well, and we're not. Well, and we're just going to be bugging people. Yeah. Or a reader they are seeing you as an author. They don't know that this is your first book. They don't know that you've got all of these insecurities and that you're worried about reaching them. They don't know any of that. They just know that you're an author and they are subscribed to you. And so they're excited to be a part of that journey. They're excited to be a part of seeing that first book. So mm-hmm. I know Gaiman's quite a, an extreme example, but even shrinking that back down, like that relationship is what you have. That is what the mailing yeah. list does. And so... A lot of the time when you're struggling to think of content, it's because you're thinking of it from your perspective, where it's like, I've got nothing valuable. Whereas if you think of yourself from that reader perspective, what would you like to see from an author that you love or that you're like really excited to get behind? Because there's something really exciting about being at the beginning of an author's journey. Mm. Like me, like um, I'm become fast friends with a, a man, a lovely man called Sam Rebeline, who uh, I'll shout out if you're not ready the latest book I say latest book it's his first book came out last week it's called Edenville it's amazing Go oh it. yes mm-hmm. yeah you've, you've told me in depth about how much you love this book <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah. and uh, my copy still hasn't come through yet and it's really annoying me but <laughs> like the fact is it's his first book mm-hmm. and like I get to see his journey and even though like you know I've released quite a lot of books I'm still really excited about his journey and seeing the behind the mm-hmm. scenes and like sunflowers are a huge trope and theme in his book and so, like, I've sent him pictures of, like, sunflowers, and he does pictures of himself with sunflowers here and there. But, like, just find things that link to the genre that you're in. Find things that link through to your life and the interesting things. And it might be boring for you, but it's really interesting for other people. Faye Trask, who's one of our activated authors mm-hmm. who is about to release her second book, she, every week or every time she sends a newsletter, does what she calls a pup date because yeah. she's got her dog, Bo, and she sends it out to her readers because her readers want to find out about the dog. Yeah, because like, it's beautiful. Yeah, like, it's not always about selling it's about the whole point of a newsletter to me it's 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 creating an emotional connection between you and the other person um so the more you can share your life and you don't have to share anything that you're not comfortable with the more likely you are to build favor with the people who are checking out your journey so that when it comes around to going by the way the book's here they're like oh finally and they can click that button and go for it got you okay i like answer (laughs) yeah nice um you Talk about forms, about people filling in forms. I, I know what it is to look at from when I'm on a website and it pops up and I say no. Um, is is that something that you make like on your website provider or is there a special place that, that you go that, and you buy forms? <laughs> so some websites have it built in with yeah. things like MailerLite. You can build it on MailerLite and then you just get a little link. Okay. And so when you put that link onto your website and people click it, it opens up a page that has the form. Got you. Okay, perfect. Um, right. Last two. So you've spoken about the importance of like a, a reader magnet, specifically if like you don't have a, a novel yet. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what I want to know is what, like, do you, 
are you expected to send something free with each email like is it, what's that about because obviously you <laughs> you throw your, you throw yourself um out for free mm -hmm. and then people are like i like free things and you're like then you're gonna love this and then they come on over and they have the free thing do you have to keep giving them free stuff? And if you do keep giving them free stuff, are they going to pay for the stuff when you say this is, you, this isn't free? It's a it's a really good point. Um, I think it comes back to the expectation that you set with the person. Mm -hmm. So if you said you're going to get free stuff every week, then they'll expect free stuff every week and they'll get annoyed if they don't. Um, my mailing list recently, I've made it so that every time I send a newsletter, it's got a small uh, short story or a snippet from a book or something that I feature on a special hidden page on my website. And so that's a bit of a hook just to keep them fed until it gets to the actual book thing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's it's rare. Yeah. But it's really like a, it's it's really more than like 500 words sometimes. Mm, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, if you focus on bringing in free people and that is your sole thing, um particularly with bigger books i think if you're doing a reader magnet people will come in they'll get the reader magnet have you promised them reader magnets is the question if they come in with just one reader magnet they're hooked in and then as you update and as you do the things they'll begin to get accustomed to what it is you will and you won't send over to them i think more of the complication comes when you're uh selling books so if you're making all of your books free and you're sending all of your books free to people then when it comes to paying for the book they're going to be so used to free books it's going to be a bit of a harder sell like yeah. and that's a real mental barrier and again a whole episode in itself but i've only in the last sort of last two years i've actually put my prices up to what i count as like fair reasonable prices for the things that i do mm -hmm. um and although the amount of copies i sell goes down my income has come up mm -hmm. because i'm actually like valuing the stuff that i'm putting out um but it's all it's it's a constant evolution game really like you you can on your mailing provider look at who has and hasn't opened your emails you can see who has and hasn't clicked because they've all got sort of built-in tracking things so that you can actually see what's going on. Um, and there is a lot of email maintenance that you can do. So maybe once a year, once every six months, however often you want to, you can go through and basically the people that haven't been opening emails or getting the stuff, you can send them specifically an email and be like, are you still here? If not, like we can remove you from the list. I would say do that. Don't just delete people that haven't opened the list according to your provider because some mailing providers like Gmail or whatever, block tracking links so even though people are opening the emails it Not doesn't here. look like they are on mailer light so yeah it's worth just keeping on top of it and just checking it out but by all means like sometimes it's it's good to say like bring in five thousand free people if a hundred of them have joined and they're actually active get rid of the other four thousand nine hundred it's just trying to work out where best to put your attention because if it takes a lot of effort to get five thousand people don't but if it's quite straightforward and easy to do then you might as well to try and like grow the list it's it's a constantly shifting thing and you're always it's like anywhere like if you go into the market square you're gonna have people that are interesting you have people that are boring as shit like yeah you just have to find your people but okay all right i did have two questions but i rolled them into one so <laughs> we're done oh wonderful cool bye guys um <laughs> what i will say to what? <laughs> what i will say to stop it off the main the main lessons for me expectation is key mm-hmm and bringing in the right people is key because again you don't want a hundred romance readers on your sci-fi list no like it's about being honest it's about being upfront and not being scared to bring out some of your personality in what you do um my first emails were very uh what's the word formal i guess because i was trying 
like with my whole career, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And the further on I've gone, and the more just myself I've been, and the more of my life that I've shared, and you know, the more um, I've got my personality across, the stronger that's grown. Um, and I will also say there's no shame, there's no embarrassment in it being difficult sometimes to send up a main list. If you are techno averse, it can be quite heavy duty to do. It is one of those things that, again, it's simple once you know how and once you can kind of see it all. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I might do a tutorial at some point on um, on activated authors. But what I will say is, because this is weirdly timed and in no way planned, because you did not know this, I don't think, um, is I have added a mailing list integration set up onto my web design service. Oh, so, no, I didn't yeah. know this. <laughs> so at activatedauthors.com slash websites, I actually do have an option now where you can just pay like a one-off small fee and I will set up your email uh, mailing list integrations for you, including branding and design and messages and everything so that it's just a seamless experience for the reader. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Uh, You're in my brain or I'm in your brain. I don't know. We've got mush brains together. Brains of mush. (laughs) (laughs) don't do it in a german accent no no um so bringing all of this to a little round off word of the week is oh droxy I droxy think. which means just double check that i've said that correctly i think it is droxy uh-huh. just look we've talked about this i'm not wait author- you're northern droxy or droxy i did spell it out d-r-u where is it gone ah <sighs> droxy D-R-U-X-Y. Yes. Druxy. There we yep. go. That's why I wanted to double check. An adjective, something which looks good on the outside, but rotten. It's on rotten the on the inside. Yes. Yes. So uh try and fit that in as by all means, send us comments, let us know how you got on. Um and also yes, just a please do. Yeah. And also just a plug that if you want to conquer nano and you want to join the activated authors for our free preppers week from yeah. the 16th to the 20th of October, just go into activatedauthors.com forward slash prep. And all the information is there. And mm-hmm. that is a five-day free series of live videos with myself in which I'll take you through all the things topped off with a live Q&A on the Friday. So why not check yeah. it out? And I might hack your computer and put my face in there. Okay. <laughs> I probably won't. I don't know how to hack. <laughs> this is this is the issue. Um, but yeah, any any last words, Sam? Any last words? a massive thank you to you the listeners for tuning in we appreciate you and the time you choose to spend with us each and every week and as always if you're looking to level up your writing and activate your author career head on over to activatedauthors.com forward slash join for everything we've got and what's going on there's good we're there there's lots of things do i keep going i feel like i have to keep going but am i just it's good Mm -hmm. One more time from myself <laughs> and from babbling Sam. We will see you next week. <laughs> slut. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a slut. Activate your energy.